Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your host broadcasting live from lovely, very hot Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. Looking forward to today's show. And we have a great shout out uh, that came in this morning. So that's going to be fun as well. Yeah, yeah we had it. We, again, guys, we always love getting your emails. Not all of them will we share on the radio show with all the listeners, but this one in particular, actually, I think a lot of you guys will find motivation from. Um, and so we're going to pick up where we left off today on today's radio show, and we're going to be focusing on price reduction scripts. So make sure you guys are taking great notes, and make sure you guys are really mentally and emotionally preparing uh, for the information you're going to be receiving. Remember, guys, uh, your future is dependent on you accepting the fact that you have to be an active agent and not a passive agent. An active agent is somebody who's not SMSing, uh, you know, hello, how do you do, who's not sending out, uh, you know, postcards, who's not doing all the, you know, social networking, who's not doing all the other things that passive agents do as their primary source of business. Some of those things might work to support your primary sources of business, but at the end of the day, you have to be willing to actually do the actual work that this industry and this business requires. And that oftentimes requires you guys to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level every single day. That's one of the, you know, that's one of the key founding principles of any successful life is being doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I read a great article yesterday that talked about the problem that most people have in America, believing that they can't be successful unless they love, love, love what they're doing, or believing that they basically have to have passion for what they do. All these sort of like nice-to-have happen things are what people have basically conditioned their actual effort. So what happens is, you know, and we have this happen, happen occasionally with coaching clients. You guys will, you know, we'll get some, we'll have a call with one, you know, with a coach, and the, the call will go something like this, I just don't have passion for what I'm doing, or, you know, I just don't love, love, love what I'm doing. I just, you know, I want to sit around and, you know, count rocks on the beach or whatever, and that's what I have passion for. And then you're wondering why you experience so many financial hardships in your life. Guys, that is I don't know what planet where you can basically just do what you love all day. Even if you just start out in life by doing what you love all day, eventually it's going to become a job. That's just the way it works. You can be an artist and your whole life's ambition was to paint. And if I can only basically sell my art, I'd have the best life forever. Well, eventually painting is going to suck because you're realizing you're having to paint to basically make your mortgage payment. And then it's no longer something you do out of passion. It's something you do for money. And that's something that emotionally you guys have to accept. So, you know, we're about to read an email to you, and as you're going through these price reduction scripts, as you're thinking about the fact that you need to pivot to become a, you know, no longer be a passive agent, someone who basically just constantly does all these passive things, hoping leads, uh, you know, somehow materialize. When you pivot and you accept the fact that you have to be an active agent who actively goes after the business, doing the things that oftentimes you don't want to do, but once you learn how to do them, it becomes fun. Once you, and here's the irony of it, guys. So many of you guys are so addicted to the passive stuff, believing the passive stuff is going to get you into the end zone. And sometimes it does. I accept that. 
you know, you will have a direct mail piece that you'll mail out for two or three years, and you take one or two listings, and in your mind, that's a success. And if your sale price makes sense, it actually may be a good passive spoke for you. But if you are waiting for those one or two transactions to happen over that two-year time frame, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go broke. So what you do is you have to build your spokes around the around essentially doing active stuff. Uh, primarily, and then the passive stuff secondarily, because the passive stuff you can't count on. The active stuff you actually can improve on, the picking up the phone, the figuring out how to work with a for sale by owner, or an unrepresented owner as we call them, or figuring out how to work with an expired listing, or figuring out how to work with a probate, or all the other different types of spokes we teach you guys how to do. Those are sellers who actually have to sell. Focus your best efforts every single day, two or three hours a day, on that, on the, be- on the sellers that actually have to sell. And then the passive stuff, maybe it works sometimes, maybe it doesn't, but you cannot count on it. So the price reduction stuff, it is scary for some of you. I've been reading your emails, and I know what you guys are nervous about. And most emails I get where people are intimidated by the idea of using our price reduction strategies, it's simply because of the fact that you guys are trying to make excuses for not becoming listing agents. So when I'm reading these emails, these emails about price deductions are coming from people that are prominently buyer's agents. And so they've been using their fear of having to have what they perceive to be confrontational conversations with sellers as their excuse not to ever try to become a prominent listing agent. I strongly encourage you to change your paradigm about that because the listings are where it's at in this industry. And it's actually, this will seem counterintuitive, but it's true. It's actually easier to be a listing agent than it is a buyer's agent because a listing agent, being a great listing agent, is a mental skill. And working with buyers, let's be honest, that's a physical skill. I mean, you have to go out there every single day, show houses. Maybe the buyers change their mind. Maybe the buyers say, I'll call you back in a month. Maybe the buyers get their financing. Maybe they don't. You know, all those types of things happen. With a listing, at least you have a listing. And then you can have 5, 10, 20, 30 listings. If the economy goes south or if things get tight, you have listings. You have Essentially, the listings become leverage for you for your business and for the rest of your life. I just hit you guys with a whole bunch of concepts. And if you've been listening to our radio show for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, uh, go back and listen to past radio shows at realestatecoachingradio.com. Uh, so we're going to be talking more about price reductions today, but before we do, Julie's got a great, great, fun email. It is a fun email. This comes from Brooke Nye in Indianapolis, Indiana. So all referrals going towards Indianapolis, make sure you're thinking about Brooke. And this is an email, again, that came in this morning. It says, Coach Tim, I recently took a listing and wanted to thank you for it directly. I used the example of the podcast where you sang, What Have You Done For Me Lately?, well, your singing just keeps on coming up, doesn't it, oddly? And informed my lead that I was part of a program that teaches real estate servitude, and this is how the main coach views servitude. Then I launched into the pre-listing package, which had been previously sent to the seller per your instructions. I referred to the section where it conveys precisely what I will be doing for my client. This gentleman was a tough cookie who had previously gone through three agents, and I was warned that he may be challenging during the listing presentation appointment by his own daughter. It caused Mr. Grumpy to giggle. I was hired on the spot, and he even asked me to find him a referral agent in his new area of Springfield, Ohio. So thanks for making real estate fun. I thoroughly enjoy listening to you and Julie and implementing your processes. Emphasis by me (laughs) and Brooke on the fact that Brooke is implementing the processes. And this is a great straight out of the field example of what it means to not just listen to the podcast, but actually do something about it. So kudos to you, Brooke. We'll see if we can send some referrals your way to Indianapolis. So 
nice job on that. And uh, I just had a chat who said, who knew that Tim's singing could be inspirational? <laughs> That's uh, I, heard your, I heard your chat go off. <laughs> yeah. That's so, right. You know, Good Juliet, point, as we have – as we have these uh, conversations, and I know we're going to be focusing on price reductions. You know, I don't, we need to do a radio show basically on your mindset about leads because there really is a belief that leads are scarce. They're hard to come up with. They're hard to come by. And that's really the, primarily, that's the primary mindset issue that I think our industry has. You know, guys, if you go to a real estate convention, if you go to a whatever, it doesn't matter. I promise you. One of the conversations that all the agents will show up for is when they're talking about how to lead generate. And, and mm-hmm, one of the things the sure. agents will always be willing to pay is for someone to lead generate for them. That's the reason Zillow exists. I mean, really, you guys are the fuel that fuels Zillow, that and their stock. In essence, if they didn't have you guys buying buyer leads from them, they wouldn't be in business. So, you know, same with Realtor.com, arguably, and a lot of other sites, like probably thousands of other sites. All those guys do is they generate leads for you because you guys have not learned how to do it yourself. And, and so here's, here's the takeaway. Leads are the easiest thing in the world to get. Leads are everywhere you go. When you're, so if you think, if you're feeling scarcity, if you're feeling lack, if you're feeling fear, it's because you are uh, living in the world of believing that leads are scarce. They aren't. If you literally, and it doesn't matter where you live or, you know, whether a house in rural or whether you're living in the middle of the city or you're living in Springfield, Ohio, where, by the way, my grandparents live. Julie and I are from Columbus, in case you didn't know that. So, um, yeah, leads are everywhere. Every single person you run into, every single person that's you know, not living in their parents' basement, they're going to need a place to live. They're going to be wanting to buy a house. They're going to be wanting to sell a house, buy a second house. They're going to be wanting to buy an investment property. Every single human being that you know is going to be, in essence, interested in real estate. It's very, very rare that you come across someone that's not. Think about that. You tell me, listeners, you tell me one other industry, one other product, anything else that you could be selling, aside from like water <laughs> or maybe you know bathroom, toilet paper, things like that, that everybody needs. There hardly is anything. Real estate is one of the core needs that every human person, you know, every person needs. We need a place to live. So please lose the mindset that leads themselves are hard to get. Because the mindset that there's scarcity for leads, lead, leads, no pun intended, puts you guys in a position to make bad business decisions. Learn to lead generate yourself. It is so simple. And stop being convinced otherwise. And if you, if, you're, if you go to somebody and you ask them, what should I do to lead generate, and their de facto answer is go to this website and buy leads, guess what? They don't know the answer to the question either. You have to develop the skill set because when you have the skill set, you know, when you know how to generate guys, you don't have to tolerate. You don't have to tolerate all the ups and downs in income. You don't have to tolerate all the ebbs and flows and the stresses that come from basically not having consistent leads. The system that we teach is a very basic, I got to say, it's, it's not sexy, it's not romantic, it's not exciting. It's real, it's honest, it's authentic, it's genuine. It's telling you guys what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. We're not going to tell you that social networking and Snapchat and all this other stuff is going to get you into the end zone. It won't. You know it won't intuitively. Everybody else does it. It's oversaturated. What we ask you guys to do is simple. It's elegant. It gets you results consistently. 
listen, if you're not involved in one of our coaching programs, we've made it really simple for you guys. Just scroll to the bottom of your mobile device and fill out that form. Name, email, phone number, and we will call you back, and we'll answer any questions that you might have. The program that almost all of you guys are going to be interested in is the Essentials Program. Why? Because it's a real-life coaching program, and everyone can afford it. If you use the Student Approval Program, it's only $99 a month, no payment for the first 30 days. Um, it's, and like I said, it's everything we talk about, and it's also a weekly co a semi-private coaching call with Julie and a monthly private coaching call with your own coach that you schedule. It's called Coaching on Demand. There's nothing like that being offered anywhere in the industry at that price point. So you guys need to seriously consider stop, you know, get off this train of basically of scarcity and start realizing that life truly is about abundance. So, Julie, we are talking about price reductions. It's one of these topics, again, that is so critical that people master. So you have some great notes for today. That's right. So I, before we get into any price reduction script, I always like to put out the reminder that you've got to review the seller's information before you make a price reduction call. When you took the listing, why were they selling and when did they need to move by? Ideally, this will have come out first in the pre-qual script before you even go to the listing presentation, and then you reiterate it when you're at the listing presentation. None of you should ever, from this day forward, ever, ever, ever show up to a listing presentation without knowing why they want to sell and when they've got to get it done by. Now, occasionally you're going to find out that they don't have to sell and that there is no time frame, and we'll talk about that in a second. Okay? But ideally, because we're talking price reductions, you've already got the listing and you know those things. So just you know, note to self, because I can't live with myself without saying that before I lay a price reduction script on them. Before you make that call, make sure you've got all that straight. Okay? So after you've reviewed their file, you will then be able to answer the question, and Tim, you were alluding to this earlier in the show, do you have a have-to-sell seller or a want-to-sell seller? So I just wanted to do a really quick review, and our longtime coaching clients have this pretty much memorized. They live by it. Who is a have-to-sell seller? I mean, why would somebody have a sign in their yard if they didn't have to sell? It doesn't even make any sense. By the way, Julie, Julie, yeah. Julie said, she said it correct. She said to you guys, she said it's part of the script, part of the seller prequalification script. Um, coaching clients, make sure you're using the script. That's one of the only scripts that we ask you not to basically play around with too much and use the questions in the right order. And really the questions, uh, in essence, in the script will get you to the essence of the seller's motivation. Do they have to sell or do they want to sell? If anyone is, all you guys who are listing agents on this call, go back and look at all your closed listings for the past, say, six months, and I can pretty much guarantee you that a vast majority of the sellers that actually closed had to sell. So what's, write this down in your notes, guys. Have to sell versus want to sell. I have to sell is someone that's getting relocated that, you know, obviously doesn't want to keep the property. I have to sell is someone that has, you know, they inherited the property. I have to sell is somebody that basically has a financial need that they need the equity out of the property. I have to sell, there's a long, long list of have to sell reasons. You guys with me on all this? Now, the want to sells. The want to sells are the people, and you will get these sellers, and unfortunately, they usually come in the guise of Fizbos. That's been my personal experience. But you'll get the sellers that, oh, you know what, if we get our price, we'll sell if we don't. Now, I would caution you, again, use our script, because sometimes an actually motivated have-to-sell seller will try to come off as a want-to-sell because they don't necessarily want to know their financial stress. They don't want you to know. So they're not going to tell you. You know, they're going to be weary of you knowing their personal information, a divorce, for example. So in those situations, when you get somebody that's basically a little bit sheepish, go back to the script, and then what the script does is it gives you different versions of asking the same question 
um, in a very effective way, so you'll get at the heart of basically what their situation is. You know, one of the questions, for example, is, Mr. Seller, I appreciate the fact that, you know, if this house doesn't sell this year uh, or not, you know, you're okay with that, but let me just ask you a question. If, if I were to swing by with a buyer that wanted to close in your house in the next, say, 60 to 90 days, would this create a problem for you? And just listen to what they say. Well, no, or maybe, or whatever. No, I'll just rent someplace. And then you, and then you say, okay, so I'm hearing you say if the property were to sell, you were thinking about going to a rental, right? So then you can start getting more at the motivation. You see what I did there, guys? Now, why does this matter? Because if you list a bunch of want-to-sells, which inevitably some of them are going to sneak past you and they're going to be on your listing board and you're going to have some non-motivated sellers. Those sellers, generally speaking, will be very uncooperative about pricing and positioning on the market, and it will be excessively demanding. <laughs> they're the ones that are going to insist Guaranteed. you do party after party, and open app and house after open house. All the while, you know, and they, you know and they know you know and, they, and you know they know that the property is overpriced. So they're just wasting your time. Be very, very careful that when you're choosing, especially as you start going from, you know, five listings to 10 listings to 20 listings to 30 listings, make sure that you absolutely positively have yourself situated in such a way uh, that you're focused primarily, 99% of your listings should be have to sells, not want to sells. That's really, really critical. So go through, those of you who have listings right now, go through every single one of the listings you have and ask yourself what their motivation is. And here's the scary part, especially those of you who aren't in coaching. I know for a fact that most of you won't know what your seller's motivation is because you never asked. Okay? So your homework from today's radio show is going to go back and ask what their motivation is. You have to know why they're selling in order to know how to help them. Because if they don't have to sell and they're just going to wait till next year, maybe if your market's changing quick, maybe that's a listing you don't necessarily focus on as much anymore. Or if they have to sell but they're underwater and they need to have, you know, basically if they do a short sale, it's going to adversely affect their security rating with the government or whatever. Maybe in that case, that's a conversation where you talk about some, offering another service like property management. Again, guys, our focus is being able to teach you guys a multitude of ways to be of service to your sellers. That's what this industry is all about. Hopefully that basically is resonating with, you know, all 108,000 of you. So, Julie, go ahead. Yeah, so on that note, and I think you're right, it is scary how many listings have been taken, probably even just this week, where that listing agent has no idea. And the assumption is just that they have to sell because, I mean, you know, the top of your head, why would somebody want to go through that process if they didn't have to sell? But it does happen, as we pointed out. So I always have my coaching clients, and the coaches write down these facts. Motivation plus time frame equals better price. That's just a fact. Motivation plus time frame equals better price. Lack of motivation plus no particular time frame equals poor pricing, sometimes known as seller's pricing, otherwise known as overpriced. Lack of motivation, no particular time frame, they're always going to overprice it, sometimes severely. And as you said, Tim, these are the most demanding clients, right, because they're wanting you to work a miracle. So know from your collection of listings who's who and even your upcoming listing appointments Know the facts. It's going to help you understand how best to handle that appointment and certainly how to discuss price because it's not cookie cutter every single time. So as a little ancillary secret, there is no pricing script which overcomes a non-motivated, unrealistic seller. Sometimes we have coaching clients say, you know, I used every single price reduction script you gave me and they still won't come down and they want more marketing. But guess what? It's not the script. It's the seller. It's the seller's situation. So be aware there's no script that overcomes the unmotivated. Okay, so on to our seller's motivation script. 
assuming that you know what it is. Otherwise, you just can't do this script. So, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we've had three showings, about 16 inquiries. We've done two open houses, and we've been on the market for about 35 days. I'm concerned, though. Can I tell you why? When we put your home on the market, you said you needed it sold by August because you wanted to relocate all together to Atlanta and get the kids going in school. Is that still the case? If this is still important to you, we need to revisit the price so that you can do what you need to do in the time frame that makes sense for you. Okay, now, in no way am I going into a long diatribe about what's happening and what I've done. We've already set up the what have I done for you lately on previous calls. What I'm doing here is I'm using the seller's own motivation to re-motivate them to get to a more appropriate price. That makes it much more difficult for them to turn it around on you with the what have you done for me lately. That still may come out. But we're reminding them, hey, if you want to accomplish this goal by this certain date, we've got to more accurately price this for what the buyers are looking for in order for you to accomplish that goal. Does that make sense, Tim? It does. I mean, it's so much easier when you know what's motivating them. So let's, let's circle back to what it, we know what it sounds like to be motivated. I've got to get out of here by this time. You know, I've got a new construction house that closes in September, so I don't have two houses. That, that sounds like motivation. When you guys hear things like, well, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't, that kind of thing, you've got to call them out on that. And, Tim, you touched on this. I always tease coaching clients to say something like, well, I appreciate that. So are you saying that, like, you know, if it doesn't sell till say, 2018 around Christmas, that you're cool with that? You just kind of try and make them laugh and bring out the true motivation. Why are you even sitting at their table anyway? There's got to be some level of motivation. Now, you know, Julie, be, we, need, we, need, yeah, go ahead. we need to take a pivot, okay? I'm going to use Valerie mm-hmm. Fitzgerald in L.A. She's one of our superstars. I'm going to use her as an example. Back when the Perfect. wheels came off the wagon in, in 2008, okay, uh, Valerie had a lot. She's fantastic incredible, an absolute superstar in the industry, okay? So this gal's really got her act together, written books, been on TV shows, the best of the best. That's who Valerie Fitzgerald is. Um, so Valerie had a lot of really high-end listings. She deals with some of the most expensive, elegant property in all of L.A. Actors, you know, you guys got it. A dream real estate business. Well, guess what? In 2008, when luxury stuff really stopped selling, she was stuck with a whole bunch of overpriced, beautiful homes. And um, instead of waiting around for those listings to expire, what she did, and what this is what all of you guys, especially in the upper end stuff, so I want you to seriously consider, she said, I'm not going to lose all these listings. And because she would go to the sellers, and she'd say, she'd say seller, market's changed. Your property is no longer worth $14 million. It's now probably worth, you know, less, <laughs> like a lot. And what would, you know, those were, so she, the sellers always would say, I don't have to sell the property. I have other properties. This property has no debt on it. I could sit on this thing forever. Those are the types of things that you guys who are selling the upper end stuff, the luxury homes, you know, that's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear sellers that won't, for the most part, unless there's really an external financial pressure, they're not going to lower their prices. But they're going to resist because they're going to believe that whatever slowdown happens is just going to be temporary. That's the mental, emotional process that that market segment will go through. Remember, your coach is telling you this. So when that happens, you guys have to have a backup plan, and that's going to be basically to offer property management. Um, and guess what, guys? That's what she did, and she basically built a nice property management company, and those sellers, when they stopped wanting to rent the properties and the market came back, they all came back to her, and she got those listings again. All throughout the country, 
even though it makes absolutely no financial sense. Uh, I was just talking with another one of our agencies in Greenwich, Connecticut, and he's talk- he has a seller of a $7 million property. Well, guess what? It's not a $7 million property in this market, and a seller doesn't want to do a price reduction. So he did what I suggested, and he said, hey, let's just make this into a lease. And within one day, he had an offer to lease the property for 12 months for $360,000, of which he gets paid commission on. Now, what did he do? He created some cash flow for the seller. He obviously put a you know, a tenant in there that had maybe some buying power going forward, uh, but he also kept that relationship. He didn't burn a bridge with that seller. So in a year, if the market, you know, is essentially justifying that price, then he'll get it relisted. Or maybe in a year the seller's willing to lower the price. Or maybe, the, you know, who knows what. But you keep the cash flow going, you keep the relationship going, because you are willing to basically offer a different type of service to your seller. So those of you guys who are selling in that upper end price range, you've got to get your mojo together, move your emotions beyond the idea of being a property manager, because if you don't do that, your competition will, and you're going to be left along the side of the road. Across the country, that's how the top end agents do it in a market that's shifting like this. The seller doesn't want to sell, they're not willing to lower the price, fine, we'll lease it. Leasing is a thousand times easier. And here's the other thing, and for the upper, upper end stuff, it's actually easier to lease those properties. I know it's counterintuitive because what happens a lot of times is the really, you know, people that can pay thirty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a month, you know, they don't want to buy because they think the house is dropping in price and they don't want to catch a falling knife. They want to live in the community for schools or whatever else. So they'll actually lease the property because ultimately they'll pay $360,000 for a year to live in a $10 million house because they think in that same year that $10 million house is going to be worth you know, depreciate by $3 million. So, yeah, they're going to pay 360 to live in the same house, have the exact same lifestyle, and not <laughs> suffer the potential downside of depreciation. Okay, that's what happens in a market like this. That's what we're all about, helping you guys be strategic. Go ahead, Julie. Well, and it's not unusual that that tenant will, in that in the meantime, fall in love with that house and then go and purchase it at a later date. You know, so you could create a yep. transaction where you didn't have one before. You can also negotiate with your uh, seller to keep it on the market at the same time you're trying to lease it. The, what you don't want to do, and I say this at least on every other call, is say, nope, I don't deal with that, not my cup of tea, yep. nope, I'm not a leasing agent, I'll have to find my somebody to let me, to. My broker yeah. doesn't let me do property management. Well, guess what? Go talk to your broker. The errors and emissions yeah. insurance doesn't cover us to talk to do property management. Well, call the errors and emissions insurance and pay a little bit extra. If you're in that market segment Seriously. and you want to stay relevant during a shifting market, you need to be seriously considering having that as a tool so you can be of service to your sellers as property management. And by the way, the coaching program does include property management information, so make sure you guys are in the program or getting that information. And if you have not yet done so, fill out the form. You know, it's on the bottom of your mobile device, or just go to joinharris.com, joinharris.com. Uh, we'll call you back right away, answer any questions you have, and get you into that program. Like I said, it's only $99 a month, and it's a real-life coaching program. So, Julie, what else? Yeah, I think you have a couple more points in the time remaining. Uh, nope, that's it. We did the script. Oh. You know, we can do it one more time, but that's basically it. Um, remember, we're using motivation to revisit their motivation, to remind them why it is that we may need to have a little bit more aggressive price, avoiding words like cut, slash, drop, or other heart attack-inducing words for sellers. We're going to adjust the price to more accurately represent the expectations of the buyers actually looking for a home like yours. That way we can get you to, whatever their motivation was, buy whatever their time frame was. 
just reminding you guys, if you don't ask those questions, the script is off limits to you. You can't do it. It won't work if you don't know the answers to those questions. So I'd like everybody to make the commitment that they will no longer show up to any listing appointment without knowing the answers to those questions. How do you get the answers? You use our pre-qualification script. If you're part of our essentials class, we give it right to you with many different ways to get the facts out of the sellers that are comfortable for both you and them. You know, a lot of you guys avoid this. You're weird about asking questions, and I just remind you, you know, it's like going to a doctor and they just assume that you have an earache when, in fact, you're there for a sore throat. It's normal to pre-qualify people. What's the first thing they, they shove in your hand when you go to a new doctor? A clipboard to find out what your insurance is, right? They're pre-qualifying you. <laughs> They're pre-qualifying they even you. ask for your Social yep. Security number. Okay, when you go to test drive a car, what do they do? They ask for your driver's license. Do you even have one? They ask for your... <laughs> Uh, insurance information. They may even run your credit while you're on a test drive. It's normal to pre-qualify people. Those of you who are out there in the dating world, you know, I hear different stories from coaching clients and stuff like that. You guys are great at pre-qualifying, right? You're asking questions. You're Googling. You're going to their Facebook. It's normal to pre-qualify people, but you all of a sudden, certain ones of you who are turning red right now because I'm calling you out on this, get all weird and screwy about asking a seller why it is they're moving. Aren't you on the way to a listing presentation? Isn't this appropriate that you would know? Don't you think the seller might think it's kind of weird that you didn't ask? Maybe it's the reason that you aren't taking listings. So I'm being a little bit hard well, on these I mean, guys because, again, they can't even use the script if they don't know the answers to those really important questions. Well, yeah. Well, so we made it easy on you. Just follow the script. Ask the questions in the, in the order in which we give them to you. You don't have to think about it. You guys could even blame, like the gal did from the email that we read to you this morning, <laughs> Brooke, you can yeah. even blame your crazy, your crazy singing coach, right? You could even <laughs> say, this is what my coach is asking me to do. You, you know, if you guys want to do that, that's fine. So the point is, is go through, ask the questions, be a professional. It leaves a huge impression. It, it, it's just as simple as this. You know, <laughs> we have had, and this has happened so many times, it's almost normal. We've had so many agents who are brand new in the business, and usually brand new agents are the best ones because they don't have we don't have to deprogram them from any BS information that they've been led to believe. True. But they'll they'll plug right into the system. You know they might be a little apprehensive to be you know thinking of themselves as salespeople. There's all those usual emotional resistance points, but they work through it. But here's what they do: they'll follow the system. They'll say what we ask them to say and how we ask them to say it. They'll personalize it. They'll make it so that it's there so it's not feeling like they're reading a script. They'll send out the pre-listing pack, and when they go on these appointments, they take the listings. And oftentimes the seller, so you guys who are newer agents, oh, no one's going to list with me because I just got my license. The pre-listing pack covers all of that. It makes it so that's a non-issue. It makes it so that basically even if you're brand new, you basically will not have the, all the fears that you guys basically think of, all the reasons why you have to work with buyers for years and years before you can take a listing. All that's a myth. It's all BS. You can be a listing agent right now, right out of the gates, if you follow the system. So we have new agents who have maybe sold one house who will basically follow the system. They'll send the pre-listing pack out ever, ha after having pre-qualified the seller, and guess what happens? They take the listing. And here's what the seller will say. The seller will say, I am listing the house with you, or I chose you because you were a professional. Nobody else sent me this information ahead of time, or nobody asked, else asked the questions, or nobody else followed a professional approach. They will list the house with you just because you did the simple things that we asked you to do. Listeners who are coaching clients, you know what I'm saying is the truth. Because the average agent has no system. They're just going out and winging it. That's so disrespectful to that seller. 
That's such a disservice to our industry. You have got to get your mojo on, get, get you, become more professional. And guys, listen, go back to the core, basic, genuine, authentic truths. Ever-increasing long-term success comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Embrace the idea of being an active agent. Shun anything that basically tries to you know, lie to you into believing you can be successful being passive. It doesn't work like that. We love your emails. Email us, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.